Let's do it. Now, the guy who likes to get down and dirty, but cleans up real well. You get it. It's time for Beyond Okra with David the Hound Leggett. All right, all right. Welcome to the show. This is Beyond Ultra. I am David the Hound Liggett. Uh, a little bit about me first before we begin. I have always been an athlete since I was a uh, small kid running around. I ran from place to place everywhere I wanted to go. Um, I was a uh, distance runner as a child. I ran a lot of races. I uh, competed a lot and uh, won some medals and things of that nature. As I grew up, I got into uh, baseball and golf in high school. Yes, I played golf. Uh, where else can you go out at 12 o'clock in the afternoon from school and go out and play golf for four hours? Uh, only high school on the golf team. So from there, I was the uh, captain of the golf team as a sophomore year in high school. Uh, I was uh, regional qualifier and district qualifier every year I played. After that, I became uh, a professional as I grew up out of, uh, out of uh, high school, a professional worker in the workforce, not a professional athlete, unfortunately as most of our dreams are. Uh, during my uh, time uh, working, I became injured. Uh, I had five reconstructive surgeries on my left hand. And from there, uh, I lost 80% mobility in my left hand, 40% strength. Um, I'm actually at 60% strength in my left hand now with about 40% mobility. So from there, I got depressed. Uh, I had problems using my hand. I had to relearn how to use my hand. That was back in 2003. As a result, I had seven reconstructive surgeries uh, totaling on both hands, which caused me to uh, basically get lazy. I stopped competing. I stopped running. I stopped doing all the stuff that I love to do prior to these injuries. I actually uh, became fat. I got lazy. Uh, I used to wake up before I'd go to work. I'd go down and lay on the couch and sleep until it was time to go to work. And I'd wake up off the couch and I'd go to work. And I would repeat this for an entire year. I became 240 pounds, unfit. I was sick every day. I decided finally in 2009 to uh, shed that weight off. I started uh, exercising uh, as P4P Muscle likes everybody to do here. Um, I, I remember my first time back exercising when I was fat. I got on an, an elliptical. I'd never seen one before. And I thought, well, it looks fun. Everybody seems to be doing it. And I could barely do five minutes. I was sweating. I was breathing heavy. I was just completely out of shape. Uh, I didn't get down on myself, though, because I knew this was the path to basically rejuvenation and get back to where we needed to be. I started running again. I ran every day for uh, six months straight, every day. Uh, it wasn't healthy. It wasn't the smart thing to do, but that's what I did. I ended up losing 90 pounds in six months. I went from 240 pounds to 150 pounds, which was grossly underweight. I got sick again because of that. Uh, I lost my gallbladder. Um, basically I was unhealthy. So what I urge, what I encourage any of you guys to do, if you're going to, uh, try and lose weight is go see a doctor. Uh, don't do it the way I did. I just started, I, I cut my meal portions. I cut everything out and that's all I did. I just went and did. So go see a doctor, consult somebody first. Uh, the depression slowly went away though. Uh, as I got into working out, the, the depression just disappeared. So there is truth to the fact that, uh, people that work out are happy. Um, I feel a lot better each and every day I work out. 
Uh, as a result of losing all that weight and becoming a more proficient runner, I was able to finally get up to about an hour on the, on the uh, elliptical uh, from five minutes from the first day, five minutes to an hour. Uh, hour on the elliptical, I started being able to figure out that I could run big distances at a time. So I enrolled into my first half marathon. Uh, I'm from Pennsylvania, so it was the Hershey Half Marathon, which is at Hershey Park. Uh, if you guys know the Hershey's candies, Hershey's chocolate bars, uh, this was the center hub of where they used to make all this. Uh, they don't make Hershey candies too much anymore in, uh, in Pennsylvania. It's all outsourced, unfortunately. However, running through Hershey Park a half marathon, I'd never trained for a half marathon, so I just went out and ran it. Ran it sub two hours, and I found out that I had a propensity for endurance. Uh, endurance is going to be the theme of these shows in the future here. Um, basically, endurance is being able to do uh, long, strenuous activities for a long period of time. So I got into uh, endurance. From there, I had uh, developed heart issues, heart complications, and that was basically from being dormant for a couple years, being fat, and then going right from losing weight to endurance. I developed a heart uh, issue called atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation is accelerated heart rate, where my resting heart rate was about 140 beats a minute while I'd sit on the couch and watch TV. It would just race, race and run. I ended up having four surgeries, four heart surgeries to correct this atrial fibrillation problem. Uh, during those uh, heart surgeries, though, I learned that you can persevere. After my first heart surgery, I ran my first 50K, two weeks after my first heart surgery. If you guys are following that, two weeks. I had heart surgery. Two weeks later, I walked out and ran a 50K. Uh, after my second heart surgery, I ran a 30K trail run. After my third heart surgery, I ran another 50K. After my fourth heart surgery, I ran a marathon. So you can imagine that the body can overcome tremendous amounts of things. And that's the, that's the stuff we're going to instill in you in this show is that you may think at times that you're unable to do something, but it's more willpower than it is body power. So I encourage anybody, go out and try. Just go out and try. You're going to have bad days. Everybody has bad days. And that's how we learn. That's how we grow. So a couple things. How did I get the nickname The Hound? Well, if anybody knows me, uh, my personality is, uh, you know, quirky, much like dogs. I love dogs. Dogs have unique personalities. They're very quirky. They're strange. They're odd. That's me. Uh, my work ethic when I race, when I race and run, is I don't stop until the job is done. They say go, it's like releasing the hound. I work and work and work and work until I'm either pulled off of a course or I finish. I've never been pulled off of a course yet, thank goodness, so I'm hoping that time never comes. But I do not quit. I do not give up. So aptly, uh, I, I acquired the nickname the hound, and uh, we stuck with that pretty much the whole time I've been racing. Uh, in 2012, I started obstacle course racing, which is a good time. If anybody has the chance, go out and try one. I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was going to be uh, kind of like you saw in American Ninja Warrior. And uh, this type of obstacle course racing that I do is not. It is uh, trail running, big distances, up and down mountains, carrying heavy loads, climbing, uh, going under barbed wire, going over fire, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. So if you guys have a chance, go out and try one. Um, if you follow me on social media at uh, RunHoundRun, you'll uh, see some of my photos from Spartan Racing, Savage Race, uh, all kinds of stuff. In addition to obstacle course racing, I am an ultra marathoner, uh, hence the name Beyond Ultra for the show. What is ultra marathoning, you ask? 
It is anything longer than a standard marathon. Standard marathon is 26.2 miles of running. Ultra marathon is everything beyond. So it could be 31 miles is usually the, the, the shortest ultra marathons. They're called 50 Ks all the way up to 100 miles and over. Uh, there are some crazy people, as we call trail runners, that go out and run 100 miles. Uh, it's amazing to watch. It's amazing to see a body persevere. Um, it's just, it's just awesome. It's just awesome. If you guys ever have a chance to uh, go out and trail run, you'll understand why it is so cool. Uh, it's very impressive to step over a finish line after traversing 31 miles, 50 miles, 100 miles. Just to have that sense of fulfillment. At that point, you don't care about times. You don't care about uh, anything other than the fact that you finished. It's an amazing accomplishment. Um, so, you know, P4P Muscle was awesome enough to sponsor me at the beginning of the year. I chose P4P and they chose me. Uh, P4P Muscle is a basically a supplement for the natural bodybuilder or the natural athlete. And what we mean by natural athlete is, is we don't take any performance enhancing uh, items that would be in, in some types of uh, supplements. So basically I take the P4P uh, ISO whey, which is just whey protein. Um, I take Alter Ego, which is a pre-workout. What's special about Alter Ego is, is there's something called the WADA, W-A-D-A, banned substance list. And basically this is substances that you are not allowed to take for competition because they're performance enhancing. P4P has actually saw what was on this list and made sure that their ingredients in all of their stuff do not contain any of these, any of these items, which is really awesome. Because uh, one of the races I usually race every year is called the Obstacle Course Racing World Championships. You have to qualify for this race. However, what's unique about the Obstacle Course Racing World Championships is, is they actually drug test their athletes. You don't find that in a lot of obstacle course races, but this one specifically tells you, be prepared, you may get drug tested. So the smart play, obviously, is P4P muscle. Um, not only do I like P4P in that aspect, but I like P4P's flavors. Their flavors are amazing. If you guys had the chance, go out and try uh, the whey protein. Right now, I'm drinking grasshopper pie. Uh, it's fantastic. Chocolate, mint. Oh, man. I, you know, I just can't say enough about it. Cherry cola, alter ego is what I'm also taking. Uh, I love soda. That was a big reason of why I got fat. So I steered away from soda. So now I get my, uh, my soda fix, per se, through alter ego, a pre-workout. Um, go on, check it out. Tell them the hound sent you. You can get some discounts using my, uh, using my code hound. Um, so what we got to do, we have a special guest on the, on the show today. His name is Josh Sprague. He is the CEO, founder, and owner of a company called Orange Mud. Orange Mud is a fantastic company that assists ultra runners uh, during their races. What we're going to do is we're going to go right to the phones, and we're going to talk to Josh and uh, see how he's doing today. Josh, are you there? I am, man. Good morning to hey, you. Hey, good, good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? Doing great, man. It's a beautiful Tuesday out here in California. Oh, yeah. You are so lucky. I'm in Pennsylvania, and it is raining and cold. <laughs> Very cold today. <laughs> I'm well, somewhat envious, you. to be honest. We, we do miss, you know, clouds and rain and cool weather. I mean, it's, it's beautiful out here all the time, and that isn't always awesome. Trust us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I, ha I guess on my end, I guess I have some uh, trees and things that you guys also miss out over there when you're in the desert, huh? Yeah, yeah, and something called water, which we're quite short of out here. <laughs> oh, goodness. 
Oh, goodness. Well, I want to welcome to you to the show. I appreciate you being on. Heck yeah, thanks. So uh, why don't we delve right in? Can you tell me what, what your company, the Orange Mud, actually is? So yeah, so Orange Mud, we started it with the goal of changing the typical hydration strategy that most backpack companies make, which is typically either bladders or maybe some soft flask or maybe a bottle or something on the you know, kind of various different parts of your body. But uh, really, the, the core of it is that I always hated waste packs. I hated waste packs. Uh, I hated handhelds. And I thought if I could make something that um, basically put a bottle on the top of your back, the water bottle would be much more stable than what it is on, on your lower waist or at the end of your hand, which is in the end of a fulcrum. So that's really what the company started with is, is our first pack called the Hydroquiver. It's a bottle-based hydration pack that puts the bottle on the back of your shoulders. So it's super stable while you run and, and rock solid. Awesome. And I know, I know the question is going to be for, for most people, they're, they're going to say, how is that different than, than say, the, uh, the bladder-filled packs or, you know, the, the other hydration packs that are there? Why, why would somebody want to carry a water bottle, per se, on their back? Sure. So, so like, we, one of the, the biggest uh, kind of thoughts, and, and I think most, most people have seen this, uh, you, or even if you maybe have seen it, maybe you didn't realize it, but when I mention this, you'll probably get it, but uh, in, the, in the Tour de France many years ago, um, probably 10 years ago, Lance Armstrong and Jan Ulrich were dueling it out, going up Aptuiz. And I remember watching uh, Jan Ulrich dancing on his pedals, going side to side on his bike, which generally shows you're kind of out of form, you're, you're done. And Lance was spot on um, and rock solid. And, and it was watching that that day, mixed with a lot of years of adventure racing and staring at my teammates backs as we run and watching these packs flosh around that made me realize your upper torso just doesn't move a whole lot. Um, so when we designed this pack, you know, we put all the focus on putting this little bit, you know, 25 ounce water bottle, small, but not, you know, not too small. Um, put it up on, on your upper uh, torso or your upper shoulders, which is just a very stable position of your body. And, and it's what keeps it from moving. Well, a typical bladder actually runs about you know seven to ten inches longer than what our packs do and they cross into your torso and they also uh, cross into your lower back and all three points move different between shoulders torso and your lower back so as a consequence it's really hard to keep a pack stable when your whole trunk is basically twisting all the time where our packs are just a short little footprint that stays up high so that's one of the kind of the key differences uh, over from a, from a whole functional integrity perspective. And then even from like temperature regulation, you know, these bladder packs are a big you know, piece of plastic that's trapping heat and moisture on your back, uh, which is certainly needed in plenty of cases, but it, there's a lot of people that run and, and bike that, that don't need a hundred ounce bladder on your back and generating a ton of heat. Uh, so that's, that's where our packs really came from and how they're you know, largely very different. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I can definitely say from uh, running experience, um, I've tried all the bladders and I have solidified myself with, with you and your company. Um, same reason. Yeah, you would notice the, the weight shift and just the, I, I, I actually think it's more work to carry a bladder per se because of the weight shifting and just trying, like you said, uh, how the, the cyclists are out of form. I, I think that for some reason that the bladder actually pulls, pulls a runner out of form. Um, yep. when that thing is loaded. And I agree. I, li I like the way the bottle sits high up and it's easy to reach and easy to access. Yep, um, exactly. So, 
so with that, you mentioned that you uh, you run and, and, and bike. Is that is that something you've done for a long time? Yeah. So you know, we we ironically sell enormous amounts to the trail and ultra running space. Well, not ironically, I mean, but but we sell a lot to the ultra running space. And I'm not. I mean, I guess technically I'm an ultra runner, but I'm not as serious into it as as many people are in the space. Uh, at least I guess in the exact definition. So. So my, my background um, is I grew up a you know country boy in Kansas and has spent oodles amount of time in the outdoors and I always love adventure and exploration and whatnot and and uh, in my I don't know late teens I guess is really when I started mountain biking quite a bit but I always ran I mean I ran cross country and 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 I just always enjoyed running on trails so next thing you know I kind of got into mud runs uh, back when they had like the muddy buddy races which I, I don't even know if they still have anymore. Uh, but many years ago, which led to adventure racing. And that's, that's really where the, the core root of a lot of my background comes from uh, is the adventure race side, which is your typical mountain bike, trail run, kayaking, uh, fixed rope ascending, maybe Tyrolean traverses, all via map and compass. And so as a consequence, I've ran bazillions of ultras. Um, you know, I've, well, I've done over 100 adventure races. Most of them have had ultra distance um, inside of them, just on the run side, let alone the kayak and the mountain bike. But um, uh, but that's really where a lot of my background came from is, is adventure racing and mountain bike racing. And now I've done I think three ultras, uh, so I don't even consider myself that you know well versed in the sport per se. But again, I've done over 100 adventure races, which uh, you know have ranged up to you know like the longest one we went for 92 hours, you know, going hard. Wow nonstop. So, uh, wow. you know, a lot, a lot of background in that space, which definitely makes you, uh, despise the gear that you have if it doesn't work right. Right. And that's, and that's how you came up with the idea for the Hydra Quiver, correct? You, you basically Frankenstein all your other gear together and, exactly. and you came up with this design. Yeah. Yeah. Over that's the years, I mean, we, we manipulated every single pack. I, I, I always tell people, I, aside from owning orange mud, which I have a bazillion packs now in my garage, but but I've always told people for years, and if you you're going on a family hiking trip, give me a call. I have plenty of packs for you and your entire family, and you get to actually get to choose from them. Uh, you know, there's there's plenty. So we, I, I've I've just bought so many packs over the years, and always hoped like maybe this one's gonna do it, and and inevitably, rarely ever did something just really nail it for me. And and we always tweak them. We're always as soon as we buy a brand new, you know, 100, 200, 300, 400, however expensive the pack may be, we'd always end up manipulating it right out of the gate, you know, cutting off things, sewing things on it. So it's, it's a lot of the ideas. It's just, it really took, the, the idea for the Hydra Quiver was in my head for 10 years. It definitely didn't look as cool. At least I think it looks pretty cool, but it looked pretty crude in my head in the beginning. But, uh, but the idea was really there for 10 years. It just, it just took a few glasses of wine one night to actually execute and go into the garage and build it. You finally buckled down and just said, you know what? I'm just going to make this thing. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. And you know, I can tell you, I can tell you that uh, anybody that's out, out there listening at this point will know an orange mud pack when you see it at a race. It's, it's very unique. <laughs> um, the last ultra I, I ran, a guy came up behind me and said, Oh geez, I, I think I must have caught up to you because I would have remembered that pack passing me. Yeah, you know, and, <laughs> it, and it's amazing because uh, you know people come up to me all the time and say, "Hey, is that is that pack worth it? I've seen it. Is it worth it?" You know, and you're fairly and you're decently priced. You, you're right in there with 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 competition, and uh, you know it's not expensive because a lot of people say, "Well, you know, 
so much X, X dollar amount. What am I getting out of it? Am I going to get just a pack and, you know, that's going to be done with it. But yep. having dealt with the Orange Mud Company, I understand that not only are you buying the pack for the price, but you're investing in the company. Um, you're investing in, in you specifically, Josh. And I know that anytime anybody's ever had a problem or anything, you're quick to email, respond. If you don't like the pack, hey, send it back to us and we'll, we'll fit you with something that does fit. And I think that's where people need to understand that not only are you getting the price, the awesome pack for the price, but you're also getting the company that's going to stand behind their product. Exactly. Yep, so, exactly. Now, we, we put a lot of effort into, I mean, on the pricing note, you know, we, I guess it goes back to, again, on the Venture Race side and, and my mountain bike nerdiness where, you know, I, I, I have a, a very, um, I guess, I like to put a lot of strong attention to detail when, when whatever I do, you know, when we make things and whatnot. So, you know, our packs, you'll, you'll first notice there's, there's a lot of detail going on. Um, it's, it's the small little features like the shoulder pockets for your phone, uh, gels, electrolytes, nutrition, whatever you want to put in there, the back storage area, you know, the pack looks really small, like on the, on the $85 single barrel hide quiver. But, but when you really drill it down, there's a lot going on with that pack and you can actually do a lot with it, even though it looks very small. A lot of people get so like deceptively torn into like, oh, I have this big backpack and it does all this awesome stuff and you just don't need it. So you end up carrying a bunch of crap with you when you go out for whatever it is you may be doing. So we kind of force you to, to think a little bit more and, and pack more efficiently and really take what you really need. Um, but, but that being said, so we, we put a strong attention to detail, strong attention to function. But what you'll also notice is we put a very, very heavy focus on the materials that we use. You know, a lot of the materials we use uh, are all premium materials. Most of it, well, we buy all of them from here in the U.S. You know, some of them may potentially be, you know, from overseas because there's certain materials that aren't, that just aren't even made in the U.S. But, um, but we buy all of our materials locally and, and send them to our local manufacturer who does, uh, who is, by the way, one of the, the number one suppliers to the U.S., or he is the number one supplier to the U.S. Marine. Uh, and then you'll see that heavy quality uh, aspect that he puts into it as well. So high-end materials, high-end manufacturing, it's where it's actually going to last you when you're out there beating it up on the trails and you don't have to worry about your gear failing. So kind of just on the price point, that's what, you know, we, we, we definitely get that question a lot. And, and I just always want to make sure people understand that we 100% stand behind our stuff. You know, I, I put a one-year warranty on it, but honestly, if, if you have a problem five years from now, call me. We will we'll definitely get you a new pack or repair or whatever it may have broken if you know it's, it's going to be probably more something that that you know a rat shoot through to, uh, your strap in a transition area more than the pack broke apart type of thing right right I, I you know i can honestly say i when i go on a run at least of uh, of at least 10 10 to 13 miles on my training runs that hydro quiver is with me you know any, anything beyond i i work with the bp2 pack which is essentially an ultra running pack um and for those of you that hear Josh talking about their shoulder pad, their shoulder pouches and front pouches, the shoulder pouches also are expandable. So you can fit an iPhone 6 inside these, inside these pouches. Everybody always asks the same question. I always see it on Amazon. I see it on Orange Mutt. Will my giant phone fit in these packs? And the answer is yes, actually. These things expand. So you can actually hoard a lot of, a lot of stuff into this tiny pack, like Josh was saying. And the BP2, what makes that unique is not only do you have these shoulder packs like the Hydroquiver, but you have front chest pouches as well. And it's amazing the stuff you can carry. I mean, I, like, like you said, it's, it, it looks small, but it's, it's amazing the amount, amount of things that you can stuff into one of these packs. 
So I, you know, I'm appreciative of that as well, being a being a runner myself. Heck yeah! So thank you. I think the question is going to be now: Why the name the Orange Mud? Why the name Orange Mud? So yeah, so my my wife never likes me telling this story, or at least not the version I tell, which is the only version. But uh, um, but so my my boy was born in August of 2012, uh, which is when we started the business. And uh, I'm sorry, August 2011, which is when um, shortly before we started the business. And um, when we, my middle name is Clay, I've always thought it was a super cool name, and but it was my middle name, so I never got to use it like at all in my life. So. When my boy was born, I wanted to name him Clay, and and she's like, no, your, your middle name's you know it's a stupid name. We're not going to name him Clay, and uh, and she was probably saying it a little bit joking in fairness, but but maybe not. And uh, so we ended up calling him Jax instead. But moral of the story, you know, three months later, right at the end of the year, um, it was like December 28th or something like that. Um, I was sitting here having a few glasses of wine and uh, came up with the idea of the hydro quiver. Said, hey, I'm going to go in the garage, destroy some stuff. And, uh, and she just looked at me like, whatever, she's beat tired from this three month old that was wearing us down. That was never sleeping. And, um, I came back inside and I said, Hey, you know, I've got, uh, um, I got this pack that I made and we're going to start a company. Uh, it's probably going to cost us 50,000 bucks. Worst case, it's going to be, uh, we're going to have two packs that are worth $25,000 each that are perfectly designed for us. And by the way, I'm going to put my name in it. It's going to be something clay. And she's like, all right, knock yourself out. Well, I, I spent like three hours that night on GoDaddy buying domain names and trying to find something that worked with clay, but there's just nothing really, nothing really worked out. So uh, as the night went on and um, I kept searching, I, I basically clay, which is a mud and I grew up in Kansas, but I also lived in Arizona, like Sedona, Arizona uh, area, you know, has that orangish red mud. So uh, what started as clay evolved to mud and orangish reddish, you know, orange mud. That's how it came about. That's awesome. It's just, it's such a unique name that that people can remember. Yeah, we you see know, people I, like walking by when they they see us, like if we're at a race or something. And and it's funny you see them saying orange mud, like it, with their we see them moving their lips, orange mud, orange mud. And, and I think that they it's a name that has a sticky factor. I don't know if it maybe people think, gosh, what is that? Or I've heard of that? Or is that a race? Or you know, they may not know what it is, but but it's it's neat to see how many times we've had people say, hey, you know, I I really like the name. I don't. I don't know what you guys do, but I like the name. So, so I'll take it. Anybody that anything that makes a has a good sticky factor in marketing is a good thing for me. Yeah, that's all. That's yeah, I, I agree. That's fantastic. That, like coming up for the name of this show, I, I sat down and was like, what 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 is like ultra marathoning or I was going to go something OCR and same thing. Like, how did you come up? How do you come up with a unique name? And, you know, same thing, racking brain for quite some time. But, you know, I, I think you hit it spot on. I, I like the company. It's definitely a name that sticks. And when you say orange mud, people are like orange mud. Honestly, what is that? Just like you said. And uh, you know, that's 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 the that's the fun part of it as well. I I think. Heck yeah, man, um, for sure. So you say you, you know you, you started up in 2011, but in all in all uh, honesty, you guys just turned three years old as a as a legitimate company. Congratulations. Yeah. So yeah, January 2012. So end of 2011 is when we kind of had the idea. We incorporated January 2012. So it'll be four years in January of being incorporated, but, but it took 10 months. Um, so, so like d designing the pack uh, that night, uh, I destroyed a gun holster, um, a fanny pack, a tie down straps and used a hotel sewing kit and kind of sewed together the first crude concept. And it looked literally like a, it was probably worth about a dollar. I mean, that's what you would expect to pay for it. Uh, it looked horrible, but it, it was very functional. 
And, uh, and that it was, it was really, I mean, it was honestly, it was really hard. It's hard to build a product when you don't, when you don't know anything about building products. And, and the thing is, I, I know quite a bit about building products. It's just like my background was medical devices. I was a VP of a great big medical device manufacturing company. And, you know, I, I had 150 guys work for me in the CNC machining company, and we made all sorts of implants and all these things. And, um, you know, it's, it's something after 15 years in that career, I thought I knew a lot about manufacturing. Um, and if it's with metals and plastics, I do, but, but in soft goods, I was a total idiot. And, and it's, it's just extremely foreign. I mean, it, next time you look at your backpack, imagine sewing that inside out. Imagine just try to wrap your head around that. Look at all the yeah. layers of this backpack, like your, your duffel bag or whatever it is you may have, and just try to envision designing that inside out. That's what you have to think about, you know, because you, you think, well, why, why wouldn't you just put this feature on something? Or why wouldn't you just do this? Well, it's because you can't physically sew it. You have to make it inside out, flip it inside out afterwards, or flip it right side out, I should say. Uh, that's hard to do. So it, it took 10 months after we incorporated in January 2012 to launch. So October 27th of 2012, that was when we, uh, what we consider our three-year birthday of, of selling the Hydro Quiver. Uh, our first product and that's when we finally got it to market and and we've treated every product that way just on that note we design something when it comes out we launch it <laughs> it's, we don't have this crazy buildup like a lot of stores do so uh or companies do where they're like yeah we're working on the 2016 release right now we have ideas in our head for 2016 but when they're ready they're going to be out so uh so yeah october 27th it was on a like a saturday i think it was launched and uh it's been ever since yeah, that's 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 amazing. Like it, it's it's amazing because ultra running isn't necessarily a uh, a well followed sport per se. Uh, not as much as baseball or football or basketball. You know, you're always seeing Facebook posts about, oh, I can't believe this player that you you don't hear about you don't hear about the guy that's out running a hundred miles. And for right. you to you know venture into into a sport where it's not it's not always broadcasted or you don't know about the people out there running a hundred miles and to make it and make something so successful is, is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Well, and, but in fairness, um, and, and to be honest, you know, I, I didn't exactly launch it with the ultra focus. I, I right. when I started building this, um, I, there, there's a couple of different things that really cute it, but, um, it was actually through Ironman train. I was, I was, I just finished an Ironman and, uh, during that training process, I hated, uh, stashing my water bottles. And one of the days of my run, I had this water, this loop I ran around and, and I don't know if it was like a, a coyote or a homeless dude or something peed on my bottle or drank from it or whatever, but it, my water bottle tasted weird on one of my loops. And it made me angry because I, I, I knew it was, it was something funky that somebody messed with it or some animal messed with it. And, and it's, I just despised carrying these waste packs and handhelds that I, I didn't know another option. So that's really where it got kicked off was, was, you know, so I had this adventure race background where I had the idea, but I finally acted on it as a result of Ironman training, road training. And then, so our, our first launch was actually at Soma Half Ironman in Arizona. And it was, it was at the Soma race as well as the, the following month at uh, uh, Ironman Arizona, where we had tons of runners that were buying the packs. And, and I asked each one, you know, what, what do you mainly do sport-wise? And almost all of them said, Oh, I'm an ultra runner. I just do Ironman for fun. And I'm like, wow, no kidding. So that's really what got us launched into the ultra space is uh, those two triathlons that we were at finding these customers that almost all of them. And I think we sold like 
at Ironman Arizona, I think it was 38 packs, if I remember right, that we sold there. And, and I just remember thinking, dang, most all these guys are, and gals are ultra runners. So, so next thing you know, we pushed this major focus on it. And, 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 you know, even still today, I mean, we've worked backwards into the road running space a great deal. Uh, you know, we, we work with everybody from back of the pack runners to the, to the elites, but um, the trail and ultra side, it's what my passion is. It's what, you know, it, it's really what fits the, the higher end, higher performance uh, demands uh, or packs fit the higher performance demands that a lot of these guys have. Uh, and it's, and it's just been a great space for it. It's just a very, it's a great community to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I can definitely say from experience that I've used mine. Uh, I used my, uh, I actually just carried the bottle, my, my last triathlon, because it was only a sprint. So it was only a three mile run, you know, at the end. So I thought, well, you know, I'll just pull it out of the pack and, uh, and take it with me. But for the longer distances, yeah, I agree that that's a, that's a perfect pack for running an Ironman. And most people don't, don't realize that an Ironman is very strenuous. It's, you know, two miles of swimming, a hundred plus miles of biking, and then a full marathon on the end. And just to, to keep hydration, to carry hydration, you know, is a chore because by the time you hit that marathon, it's, you know, your body's saying, all right, oh man, we're going to keep going here. And, uh, you know, it's truly amazing. And I, I can definitely see how you develop that initially uh, for adventure racing and triathlons. But it's amazing the following you got from ultra marathoning and marathoning and, and, you know, just overall running community in general. So it, it works out, it works out on all levels. Heck yeah. So let's talk about, we, we talked about the packs and, and bottle carrying and all that good stuff, but you don't just make that stuff. You, you make, you make other items that are functionally awesome as well. How, for instance, the, the, the transition towel. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. So, so the transition wrap, um, when we, we started, we didn't really know if the Hydroquiver alone would be enough to have a, you know, a, a legitimate company, you know, if it was going to be just more of kind of a hobby. And uh, it, it was something where as we, and I honestly, I didn't know if I was even smart enough to even think of something else. You know, I, I it, it's, 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 it's really weird when you really think about it. A lot of people say, oh, I just, I want to have my own company. Well, what do you want to make? I don't really know. And I was kind of the same way. I, I knew I had this Hydroquiver idea and I thought it was awesome. But I didn't know if everybody else would think it was awesome, and I didn't know if I could grow upon that. But one thing that was always a pet peeve of mine uh, was getting in a car after exercise and and having to sit on my seat when I'm all dirty, sweaty. I mountain bike a lot, so sometimes bloody, and and I didn't want to make contact with my seat. But I also do, don't want to change in a parking lot and and you know have every you know everybody around see me. So uh, I was out mountain biking one night after work with my buddies, and we were in this area that used to be this big dirt parking lot but all of a sudden there there started being these new houses around and and the first family apparently moved in and there was this little girl she was probably five years old I don't know she was 100 yards from me so I couldn't see her that well but but she she moved in and I remember sitting there taking off my pants uh at the truck and uh from my you know my business outfit and getting into my workout gear for this mountain bike ride and I remember looking over and then they're naked and I see her and she's looking at me and again it's 100 yards away but it was enough oh. where I'm like, oh, crap, man. I'm thinking of, like, I'm going to freaking go to jail. I just had a kid. <laughs> this is going to be bad. I can't even oh. drive past the school. And, you know, because I'm just envisioning she's going to tell her mom. Mom's going to call the cops. Everything's going bad. So it was kind of that night that got me like, hey, this is a good idea. So um, so what I did, I ended up taking this beach towel, which I had already had. I had a shoe bag that I had sewn onto a beach towel that I'd been using in my car as, as like this hoodie that would keep it from sliding off the seat. 
but I needed something that would go around your waist so you could change without having your towel fall off. So, so I, um, so yeah, so I, I spent a little bit of time on that. Next thing you know, uh, it, it really didn't take too long. That was one of our uh, quickest to market products that we had. And, um, yeah, it's basically, it's a, it's a 30 by 60 inch beach towel with a belt built into it. It's no Velcro or anything to mess up your dry fit clothes. And then it has an integrated zip on hoodie that you slide over your headrest. Uh, so you can cover your seat and keep it from sliding off the seat, uh, after exercise. And that product has been you know, incredible. We were runners world gear of the year in December of 2013. And in that month alone, we landed over a hundred stores. We, we, at this point we're in over 400. And, and it's just been, I mean, it's been an incredible product. We launched it in March of 20, um, 2013. So it's only been on the market, what, two and a half years. And, and it's just been, it's been an insane item for us. So, so yeah, that's the first one. And then from there, we, we definitely began to evolve a lot more packs. We have um, four different footprints of our Hydro Quiver series now, which has been some of our best success as well. And we have a handheld, we have a gear quiver. And then, uh, you know, we have our new gym bag and the Urban Hippie Tripster Pack. So we have all kinds of fun stuff. And we, we have a very big focus of continuing to grow that not just hydration, but we want to be in accessories. And we also want to be in this lifestyle category. So we're trying to round out our offering for uh, to ensure we have a sustainable business model. And uh, those that follow you, recently you posted that you are happy and infatuated with the Urban Hippie Tripster Pack. And that you said it's one of your favorite pieces of gear and that you absolutely love the name. Can you, can you tell us why? So, yeah, so I, I, uh, I've always had like, I've always had stout legs. I guess that's why I've always been a good runner. And, uh, uh, it's, it's something that it, it, for, for me, like these skinny jean wearing guys in the city, you always see them like, it's usually like it, honestly, it's in magazines. You rarely ever actually see this person in society, but it's, it's the, it's these like tripsters or hippie tripsters, you know, it's like they're, they're wearing a flannel shirt, it's unbuttoned, like three buttons down. They've got freaking hair that's 12 inches long in their head. And, and they're wearing jeans that, that are just, you know, the skinny jeans. And, and none of that fits my persona at all. And uh, I'm more of a stocky build guy. And, and it's something where I, I, I secretly think most of us are somewhat infatuated by that theoretical person that's riding this fixed gear bike looking super cool with like a backpack slung on their back down the streets of San Francisco or Chicago or New York or wherever. So uh, the Urban Hippie Tripster Pack, um, it, it's something that, that for me started from like this global travel perspective is kind of the logic mixed with your daily grind. But, but I, I, I secretly see like this super cool dude or super svelte gal riding through these cool downtown sporting the pack. So the key functions of the pack are removable laptop sleeve, uh, it's, it's a, it's a cocoon. It's free floating in the pack. It's incredible, uh, with how protective it is of a typical laptop, probably overkilled. Honestly, it, it, it added probably an extra expense that maybe most people don't care about But if you really care about protecting your pack and you really use a pack to haul your laptop around all the time, it's incredible. Um, but you can rip that out. It's Velcroed in. You can rip it out and you can put in a workout bag. So if you go to the gym over lunch, you can have your, your nasty clothes bag inside of there. You put your nasty clothes in. And then one of the, my favorite features of it is when you're traveling, especially you know, if you're traveling internationally, you're in a crowded city or whatever, uh, the last thing you want to worry about is someone opening up the back of your backpack while you don't know it and stealing stuff out of it. So behind the pin panel, you peel back this Velcro behind the pin panel, and most people would never know there's anything there unless you actually know about the pack. 
and and there's this secret stash compartment. You could put in cash, passports, travel documents, eight and a half by eleven documents in there. Uh, it's just a, a pretty slick, you know, hidden feature that no one would know about. Even to the tune that some douchebag stole my backpack, the production sample back in April this year, smashed my window, despite everything else in my car, stole that pack. And I bet to this day he doesn't know there's seven hundred dollars of cash hidden in the secret compartment. So so it kind of fits this kind of like secret kind of cool you know, persona, I guess, is, is, is the, the logic to the name, but yeah, a little bit of crazy name, but, uh, I secretly am, you know, I'm secretly poking a little bit of fun, but all, also just infatuated with that crowd. Yeah. I, I like, I like the unique names you come up with for your, for your, your gear, obviously it's, you know, it, it's fun. I think it's fun. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's fun, you know, and you have like, the, the UHTP we call it, you know, for abbreviation, but you know, it, it's it's a good time. It's actually a, a fantastic bag. I've gone on, I've looked at it. I don't have one in hand yet. Um, eventually, eventually, but I, I've gone on and looked at it, and it is a it is a it's an amazing bag. So it's definitely one that I'm going to add to my my gear as well. You know, it's going to be perfect for. Uh, obviously, we know that I do obstacle course races, and you know, I carry I carry change of clothes with me because I wear the bare minimum at obstacle course races and this is you know a perfect bag for that so sure it's definitely something, definitely something i want to have in my arsenal um so josh the other thing we see is the orange mud athletes and people that are wearing the orange mud so the one consistency i see with all those athletes myself included is the trucker hat do we know yep. what the fascination is with runners and people with the trucker hat I don't know, man. You know, it's, it's something that, uh, it, it grew on me a little bit. I, I, I think, you know, I think that a lot of us probably grew up with these foam trucker hats and, and it's just like anything in trends. You know, you grew up with these things that aren't cool at the time because your parents are wearing them. And all of a sudden you get older and you start maybe crossing into some of that, like you used to be where you're, you still think you're young, but you're actually your parents' age when you were a little kid. And all of a sudden they're super cool again. And then yeah. it just takes the right people, maybe some of them urban hippie tripsters that are out sporting it. And all of a sudden you're like, dang, that's a cool freaking hat, man. Trucker, that's so retro. And next thing you know, everybody's buying them. So I, I, I am baffled by it, but I got to admit, I do wear them almost all the time. And this is coming from a guy that, that generally has always worn like the real small ball cap or visors all these years. So, so yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it is, it's a fascinating trend, but I really think it's some of them just it's the cool people in the sports. They wear these things. The next thing you know, the trend is set and all of a sudden everything is cool again. But I will say they have been improved. You know, they're not your old school, cheap, funny looking ones that they used to be. And I, and, and they got rid of, most of them got rid of that rope braid in the front. You know, I see some people trying to wear them to look cool. I think that still looks silly, but you know, I do think some of them have been tightened up so they look better too. Yeah, I, I agree. I I, uh, I like mine. It, it gives me that air conditioning basically in, in my head when I run. Um, I, I always have to have some kind of sunglasses or he- or something on my head just basically to, to shield the sun. I mean, once we get into the trails and in the wooded sections and the isolated areas, you know, the sunglasses come off, but I still want something there basically, you know, uh, something functional. And I that, I think that's my draw of the trucker hat as well. I, I, and I think I cling on to youth as well. So I remember wearing those back in the eighties and growing up and I was just like, eh, you know, I, I, I look goofy in these things. Cause I have, like, I, I guess I have like a pinhead per se. And, you know, <laughs> I, 
now I agree with you. I when I first looked at Orange Mud, I saw everybody wearing these trucker hats. I'm like, look at these trucker hats. These things are awesome. I gotta get one. Like it was all of a sudden I was infatuated with getting a trucker hat. So yep. yeah, it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon now to look on social media and see just a whole bunch of people wearing trucker hats. And uh, you know, you guys can go on and follow Orange Mud on on social media on Instagram, uh, Twitter. You can follow myself and Josh on on those as well. And you'll see, you'll see for yourself. We, we, uh, we wear the gear. We definitely promote the gear. You know, I love it. Um, so back into your company, you know, you, you've established yourself. You guys were recently at Leadville. Do you want to talk about what the Leadville race is and, and, and how that was for you guys being there? Well, we, we weren't at Leadville. We were, I mean, we, we sponsored Western States. We had a lot of athletes at Leadville, um, but we will be at Leadville, um, next year actually. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Leadville. I mean, it's it's just a, it's an iconic. There's actually two races there. I mean, I mean, there's multiple races, but but on the trail race side, I mean, it's a hundred mile, uh, crazy race. You know, big altitude. I think the average altitude is around, if I remember right, ten thousand feet in elevation. Ranges from like nine to twelve six, I think. Um, yeah, it's been around uh, quite some freaking time, and it brings out some of the best runners in the sport. And you know, this year we were fortunate to have. I, I think there were maybe 10 to 15 athletes that, that just that I knew of that were there with orange mud gear. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's a hard grueling course. And I think everybody I knew that went finished, I don't even think any of them DNS, which is not uncommon in that race because of the altitude. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a beast of a race and we're, we're actually pumped. We're moving to Colorado, um, house and business here in the spring and we can't uh-huh. wait to get out there and kind of be more of a part uh, you know, let alone in the community, let alone in, in various races like Leadville and whatnot. Yeah. And, and people being obsessed, obsessed with running and things such as myself, uh, there's a, there's an iconic book out there, uh, called Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. And he actually, uh, he actually, uh, basically it's a lot about Leadville and the, uh, Terra Humera and, uh, running form and, and the races. And just, just for the orange might be a part of Leadville next year is, is going to be iconic. I, I think at, at some point. And I, and I hope that basically skyrockets your business to the next level. I mean, that's Me awesome. Too. And at Western States, you guys are out at Western States this year, which is also another hundred mile race. And you were giving out bottles at the end and, and they were amazing. And I was so jealous. I just said, Oh man, I wish I would have run that just to get the bottle that said finisher. Um, you know, yep. and it was a special, Bottle, it was the orange bottle and yeah. how, many, how many requests do you get for an, an all orange bottle people post them all the time so the only people that have the orange bottles are our ambassador team uh those that did western states and uh and those that did san diego 100 i ran custom bottles for each of you know about each one each of the three subsets uh have custom bottles ran and so with all the pictures that have been posted in social media whatnot, it's it's funny how many people are like, Hey dude, when are you gonna launch the orange bottle? I'm like, Ah yeah. I don't know that I am gonna launch the orange bottle. I've kinda of wanted to keep it just for you know, keep it special and and as goofy as that is, you know, I, I think it's it's been kinda of neat. And and yeah, we got it was it was nice to see because we got obviously great coverage from that at the Western States and and uh and I kinda of hope we can do the same thing on some other strategic races this year or next year as well. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, I love, I mean, I, I, for one, love my orange bottles. I, I, I'm like almost afraid to use them when I'm not racing because I don't want them to wear themselves out to the point where I can't use them anymore. If that, if that sounds <laughs> a little weird, but, but that's right. I, I, 
I love carrying them. Just, just, I mean, they photograph really well too. So you're like running there, like, what is that bright orange thing? Like, yeah, that's my orange bottle from the orange mud. Uh huh. You know, yeah. <laughs> you see so many people posting them that everybody comes on and says, oh man, how do I get that? Or, or how are you going to give me that? And, you know, I just, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to, to have found you guys. And, uh, you know, we talked and, and you brought me on as an ambassador and I, and I'm very fortunate. And, uh, that, I think that's, that's where, that's where my sense of the orange bottle comes in is basically it's just a sense of pride, you know, to, to, to be a part of, of the orange mud and to, to help you promote your name out there. And I think that's just what it is. Just a sense of pride to, to know that, some of some of the runners that are on, that are ambassadors are amazing. They're absolutely amazing. Like I see their times and I see their distances and I go, geez, you know, am I slacking just by running a 50k? And uh, you know, and I realize that we're all unique in our in our own way. And I I put those orange bottles in as a sense of pride when I go out and race. So you know, that's that's awesome that you gave them out to the finishers of Western States because every time they pick those up, I hope they have that same sense of pride. Like yeah, I finished that. And you know that's. That's really where it's at. That's where it's at for me. Um, you know, if, if you win an age group award or you win an overall event, hey, great. But just the just the the pleasure of finishing a race. And, you know, sometimes I see the swag that was given to me after a race and it brings back all the memories from that race. And you're like, yeah, you know, you know, I did that. And uh, I, I think I think that's what the draw is. People see people see everybody carrying those orange bottles. And, you know, like I said, I carry mine as a, as a sense of pride. And, uh, you know, I'm very appreciative of everything you do for everybody here. Right on, man. I appreciate it, too. And, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I was like a little fan the other day. I went into one of my local running stores and uh, your transition towel was hanging up and uh, the transition wrap. Sorry. Uh, and and I was like, oh, my God, orange mud. And they're like, what, 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 what happened? I was like, you have orange mud, you know, transition wraps hanging. They're like, well, Yeah. And I was like, oh man! Like I was, I was just so excited, like a kid in the candy store. And I was like, oh man! Like I didn't know they were here. So you know, we yeah. got to talking, and uh, you know, I, I think I got you a couple more customers out of that. So hopefully, Sweet. you know, all happens. But uh, no, I really appreciate it is you taking the time. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It is neat. I mean, it's it's something where you know we we've been selling product for three years now, and and I, I still remember this. Uh, I was a VP at a big company I was talking to about bringing in our products. And, and he told me that uh, I was naive and an idiot on our, on our transition racks. I was, I was saying how it's made in the U S and he's like, Josh, you're naive and an idiot. If you really think anybody gives a crap about things being made in the U S and, and, and I just was a little baffled <laughs> that anybody would even say something like that. And, and he actually, you know, is kind of the naive idiot one in the sense that, we can't even make that thing cheaper overseas. We've looked at it. The U.S. actually outperforms. It doesn't always work like that in many products, in fairness. But we kind of have a, a just a freak, awesome, you know, found the right manufacturers and know how to use the most efficient tools. And, and thanks to duties, custom shipping, all these things, it's cheaper to make it here in the U.S. But, but I remember him telling me, he's like, no one gives a crap about that. And, and I just remember thinking, man, this guy's a big dude and a big corporation. He probably knows his stuff a lot more than I do. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's ironic that was right after the launch of that product. And it's ironic. Now we have over 400 stores. We've been in just bazillions of magazines and everything. And, and, and I still get geeked up personally when I go to stores and I see it, I pretty much always think of that guy probably once a week. I think of that conversation and I chuckle. Um, so it's, it's, it's neat to see, you know, it's neat to see something you build as your own baby and how it takes off. 
you know, I look at that, 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 that interaction that you just talked about. I look at that as, as, as almost a jealousy aspect. I don't see it as he's telling you to go, go outsource because, because it's, uh, you know, it's cheaper or, or whatnot. I think it's more, he saw that you had a fantastic product and just wanted to put you down. And Probably. You, yeah. And, and look where you are now. And like you said, you think about that conversation, uh, quite frequently you think, you know, there's, there's always going to be those naysayers, but I, I think you've done quite well for yourself. And like you said, like I said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a geeky fan myself when I, when I see something that I use and I, and I go in a store and I'm like, Oh my God, there it is. You know, like they're like, what, 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 you know, I was almost like, can you take my picture with it? So I can show Josh that, you know, it was in my store. I almost did it. I almost took a selfie with the stuff, but I, I, I you know, I held back. I, I tried to play it cool, but uh, no, I, you know, um, it, it, it's awesome. It's awesome to hear the, the success stories. And that's, that's another thing that draws me to your company is that you guys do make everything here. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a draw for like P4P Muscle who, who sponsors this show. They're, they're an American USA company. And uh, I think that's, that's what we need more of is, uh, you know, companies from USA to be supported and basically just, just keep everything in house. So uh, I appreciate the struggles that you went through to get to where you are and the fact that you have established yourself as you have. So, you know, keep keep it up because it, it's just awesome. And hopefully, like we said, with uh, Leadville coming up and, and the move out to Colorado, hopefully everything will, you know, skyrocket for you as well. That's the goal. Yeah, <laughs> that's always the goal, right? The American dream. Um, yep. You know, I, and, and I just want to take the time. I want to, I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, explain your gear and uh, basically being on my first show. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. You know, me hitting play on this thing and, and just going out and staring at a computer screen and talking for an hour. But, you know, uh, I appreciate I appreciate you coming on. And basically, I guess, recapping your story that you probably recap probably like six million times a year, um, <laughs> you know, going over to expos and things of that nature. But uh, do you want to, you want to tell everybody the website that they can find you on and uh, you know, if the social media hookups and all that good stuff, Josh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, OrangeMud.com is our main website. You can find us on Amazon and you know, a few other places as well, of course. But uh, we have, if you want to look for local stores in your neighborhood, just go to OrangeMud.com, go to contact. You'll see store locator there and, You'll see all the current stores that carry our gear. And in social media, look us up on Orange Mud on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, G+, LinkedIn, pretty much everything. So uh, we always love to see pictures or have questions. If you have questions for us, feel free to send us, a, send us a post or send us an email through the website. We'll answer any questions you have. Yeah, and uh, if you guys do check them out, what, what you'll find amazing is that Josh not just showcased the ambassadors, but... Uh, every every people the everyday people that you know go out and run a race and, and wear the pack and, and tag orange mud he'll repost that stuff for you guys and you know basically put you out there and say hey check us out you know so and so ran this race today with the pack and uh, yeah I mean so you're very interactive with social media and uh, you know that's fantastic I, I absolutely love it yep so all right Josh yeah, so sure. I want to thank thank you and uh, I hope you have a good rest of the day. You too, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, making this painless. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, man. Good luck with uh, the show. I think you're going to kick some butt. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think we'll, uh, it should get a little easier now that, now that we know what to expect here. So, uh, 
you know, I appreciate it. And I'll, I'll definitely be in touch here in, in the upcoming days. You got it, man. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Take Bye. care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So like we said, if you want to go out and check out uh, orangemud.com, um, we talked about them being reasonably priced. They are reasonably priced. Uh, he often runs discounts uh, through social media and uh, coupons on holidays and things of that nature. So if you're on the fence about uh, buying an ultra mud pack or, or any kind of hydration pack, go out and check them out. See what you think. Uh, the common question there with Orange Mud as well is uh, they have straps that go around, basically go around your shoulders and under your armpits and things like that. And do they rub? Do they chafe? Uh, I have not experienced any of that. The, the straps that go around your arms are so soft. And uh, you would think being tight against you that it, it would tear up the skin or do anything like that. It doesn't do any of that. So go out, check it out. Um, he has instructions for fitting the VP2 to your body. He has a whole YouTube uh, video. Uh, I know he did, he's not going to be happy with me bringing this up, but check it out. He has a uh, commercial out on YouTube for the transition seat wrap. So that, that the, the beach towel, basically, we talked about with the belt on it. There is a whole commercial out there. I love the commercial personally. Uh, Josh laughs, and he says he geeks out over it. Um, you know, he says that one time they tried to make a commercial. It was absolutely uh, a good time. So check it out, YouTube, uh, Orange Mud Transition Seat Wrap. I just want to thank everybody for taking the time out to listen to the podcast today. Uh, Beyond Ultra, like I said, is going to be all about uh, endurance sports, running. Um, I'm even going to have people on into uh, sporting events that I don't know anything about. So I'm going to venture into the weightlifting aspect the natural bodybuilding aspects, because there are a lot of athletes and a lot of varied athletes on P4P muscle and P4P sports that uh, are just amazing people, uh, natural bodybuilders. We have uh, people from American Ninja Warrior, motocross people, dancers. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. Obstacle course racers, uh, personal trainers, bodybuilders, anything you can imagine. So if you guys are interested in P4P muscle as well, uh, get a hold of me. You can get me on uh, social media at runhoundrun, and that is the same for uh, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on Facebook as David the Hound Liggett. That is my uh, public page. I will post my workouts that I that I quite frequently com- uh, complete. I'm big into CrossFit as my training grounds and running. So uh, if you guys get the chance, go out and check all these things out. Again, I want to thank Josh Sprague from the Orange Mud for being a uh, amazing guest, and I want. Uh, thank everybody out there for listening and I hope you have an awesome day. All right. Until then, make sure you stay hydrated, uh, go out, kill it, kill your workouts. And uh, I will talk to you the next time we will uh, announce the host in the upcoming weeks and uh, we'll get with you. Okay. You guys take care. Have an awesome rest of your day.